Hello everyone and welcome to Pi Cubed, the podcast about science, technology and anything else we find interesting. I'm your host, Francesco Buziello. Joining me as usual is Salman Siddiqui. Hey Salman, how's it going? As usual. Fine then. Uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, whatever. The usual, alright. Um, today we're going to talk about, uh, we start off with uh, with diets, especially uh, the, pilo, the paleo diet, or the paleolithic diet, or... The one we, diet that the paleo people used to eat. Oh yeah, so it's just been a bit what the paleo diet uh, is, well not the actual diet of Paleolithic humans, but what the, you know, the registered trademark, whatever, the paleo diet is, people yes. claim to be, mm. which is, uh, <clears throat> in theory, what people used to eat uh, before agriculture came about. Because the argument is that uh, agriculture has only been around for 10,000 years, or a bit more than that, uh, and we haven't adapted yet. Humans have not evolved to eat agricultural foods do you think it's the same people who say that was that evolution isn't real who are following these I don't think well they say that <laughs> evolution is real but uh, you know they obviously have some uh, misinformation about it but uh, yeah. well basically this the uh, the modern day paleo diet is is what is in um, uh, the book and um, in other publications about about what they think that was it Paleolithic people ate as a whole, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, you know, our diets, especially in uh, you know in places like Asia uh, and the Mediterranean, for example, eat lots of uh, of grains, lots of wheat, lots of pasta, lots of rice, that kind of thing. And they say no, this is completely wrong because uh, rice and uh, pasta and stuff, and wheat are all uh, agricultural products. So they say we should eat meat, lots of it most meat, uh, lean meat, and then eat, you know, stuff like uh, berries and nuts and, you know, other things that, you know, foragers, hunter-gatherers would have eaten uh, back in the in the Paleolithic. Uh, of course, uh, there are many, many problems with this uh, approach. Uh, I mean... Where do we start? Well, first of all, let's say they're trying to you know, be more fit and being healthier and losing weight is a good thing, right? We, yeah. we, we've both, like, struggled with our weight throughout the years and uh, dieting and changing your lifestyle to eating less and being more active and all that stuff, that's great. That's wonderful. I think everyone should take care of their own body because they only have one. That's the only one you get. Uh, but, of course, it, it should be based on, you know, on scientific things, on, on things that are measurable, not on nonsense that that someone came up with came up with uh, just to sell a book and we I, I was just we were just at the at the bookstore just like 5 minutes ago and there's you know the, the new fad is the two is the, day diet or something. the two five two day diet which is like five days you eat normally and two days you don't eat or you Based eat less on, it was an intermittent fasting though. yeah which was like a an online thing which was a, you know it's been around for maybe 5 or 6 years quite a while yeah and you know it was based on you know, scientific evidence. Like you know, you just eat less if you if you if you don't eat two days a week, then total amount you eat a week is probably going to be less, unless of course the other five days you just eat a lot. But now there are like many books on it, and uh, by doctors, quote unquote. I'm sure actually know if the doctors or not. So yeah, but let's start breaking down the the problems with the paleo diet. Uh, do you want to start, someone? What do you want to start? Well, um, first problem is we don't exactly know what. The Paleolithic people actually ate. Well, yeah, uh, archaeological evidence is uh, we don't have much of it. That's the no. problem. Uh, and of course, um, it's much easier to find animal matter than plant matter because bones pre- are preserved. You know, they they become fossils. Well, plant fossils are much much harder to get because they don't you know they're biodegradable much more than bones are. Firstly, uh, when was uh, the Paleolithic era? It was between uh, 2.5 million years ago and uh, 10,000 years ago. So okay. quite, quite a long time. So, but of course, yeah. you know, humans have only been around as humans for for much less than that, for about 150,000 years before present. Yeah. Uh, 
And then that was succeeded by uh, the Neolithic era. Yeah, the yeah. Neolithic, uh, Stone Age and tools and etc. And, <coughs> and no, in history, written history, which is you know six, seven thousand years, not more than that. So that so that covers quite like the whole expanse be- um, from from was it before Homo sapiens and um, be- before humans Homo were erectum. were humans yeah. to when humans started uh, uh, growing stuff. Started, you know, uh, agriculture, and uh, you know, animal husbandry was a bit earlier than that, but still. Uh, what we're saying is that uh, we just don't know what the Pacific diet is, uh, for the simple reason that we actually, um, I think the right term would be we don't know what the Paleolithic diets are. Yes, that's true. Uh, you know, if you lived in uh, you know, South America or Australia or Africa or Northern Europe or you know, in the polar circle, polar Arctic circle, then, you know, your diet would be wildly different. Mm. Like, if you were uh, hunting in the in the polar circle, you'd probably eat lots, lots of blubber from seals and stuff. And if you were in, obviously, Mexico, you you weren't. You were eating other things, you know, you were eating stuff like avocados or other uh, short bushes which grew in the hot region. But Legumes and... The... Yeah, and, you know, and, and there is actually um, evidence that these people did not eat uh, stuff we eat today, for example, I mean they, they ate more than meat. Uh, the, the earliest uh, evidence of uh, humans eating uh, grains is uh, thirty thousand years ago, which uh, actually precedes what um, agriculture. Yeah, yeah. They, were, they were still you know collecting because uh, you know the the wheat we eat today is actually wheat is a grass. Yeah, it's like the green grass you have outside, but obviously it's been heavily selectively bred by humans to to you know have a very high yield, so that you can actually make you know. Uh, flour from it, but they still ate grains before, uh, before the agriculture was around. But the so, wild grains, yeah, wild, of course, yeah. wild grains. Uh, and then comes the second point that uh, you know what you're eating with the uh, with the paleo diet, which is you know uh, fruits and vegetables. I just like to point out, you know, people who are opposed to uh, genetically modified foods is that everything you eat, <laughs> there is nothing that you eat which has not been genetically modified. Of course, no one, you know went in and changed the genome of it in lab which is what's happening now we've been uh, selectively bred selectively breeding like anything from you know strawberries to bananas well the to corn tomatoes. we eat today looks nothing like the corn that was originally grown on yeah, the or wheat or for example carrots uh, uh, things like tomatoes or potatoes uh, even uh, bananas well tomatoes and potatoes are in the wild form they're incredibly poisonous yeah uh, same with almonds Almonds had cyanide inside them. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, almonds and apricots are almost the same plant, They're very similar. Uh, and one was bred to produce nuts, the almonds, inside the seed, because uh, removing the cyanide. And the other one, apricot, has, was bred to have lots of uh, flesh around the seed. So the fruit around it. Or uh, we actually watched a, a TED talk about this just uh, a while ago. And um, in the example she makes is uh, is broccoli, which I thought was quite interesting. Like Brussels sprouts, broccoli, and cauliflower—they're all the same species. They've just been selectively bred to be uh, to be different, to be you know to what we wanted e- to. Yeah, exhibit um, different yeah, our so characteristics. Like and cauliflower, is, you, you would see it—you know—it it looks similar actually. Broccoli, it's it's white instead of green, but it tastes different. It's a different taste, and that's just uh, uh, bred differently. And they're all flowers, like uh, artichokes are flowers. They're giant flowers. Okay, and broccoli are giant flowers as well. So anything you eat, like if if you go and look up uh, online, you look up wild banana. A wild banana is just seeds. There's almost no pulp inside them. While the bananas we eat today, like the Cavendish, which is the most popular outside of Africa and South America, which we eat here, is all the same banana, because they've completely removed the seeds from it so that they cannot breed actually. So they are own. all actually clones of one another. They are clones. The we are eating clones. Well, up to the 50s <laughs> and 60s, uh, the Cavendish was not the eat- banana which was eaten. It was different. Uh, but then there was a, a pest, I think, with a fungus, okay. which killed all of them. Because, of course, the problem with having clones is that they're if you get one parasite, which is very good at killing it, then it will kill all of them because they're all the same. Because there's not much um, genetic diversity there. Well, yeah, they're all the same, so once it gets adapted. So, yeah, and, and actually, uh, there was a review a couple of years ago by US News and World Report, and um, the paradigm was considered to be the worst. The worst? 25th. Together with the Ducan diet, which is very popular in France. I don't know about not, that. It's not very uh, okay. well known outside of France. But um, uh, I don't think it's think it's bad that um, 
that uh, that they're aiming to sort of eat eat healthier, have more meats in the diet. But, have, but, but that's the have, problem. Is have that more have more vegetables? But eating um, healthier is it's not a scientific term, right? Healthy does not mean anything. Okay. Because from a you know an evolutionary perspective, health doesn't matter at all. The whole point of evolution is that it makes you fit to breed. Anything which happens after your, you know, your age of breeding, which is you know, in your twenties, usually for humans, uh, doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter if you die if you die when you're seventy, if you die when you're when you're thirty, because your fitness is not useful anymore. Your health doesn't matter. Hey, you can still have babies when you're forty, fifty. Yeah, okay, sure. But uh, <laughs> what evolution does is is maximizes the, the potential for for you know having children and procreating and continuing the well, the survival. Of the species, of well, the species, yeah, not not on the, the individual. Yeah. Evolution does not work on individuals; it just works on groups of individuals. But um, yeah, it, it, there's nothing wrong with eating healthy. But uh, what we define as healthy is always changing because we don't actually know. If, you know things like salt, uh, people say it's really bad for you. People say it's really good for you. Of course. All of these nutrients, uh, like salt or vitamins, well, moderation, right? And... Well, you need to have them. Like yeah. If you if you if you live the salt-free diet, that is you... far 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 more dangerous than eating a high salt diet. Like uh, the advantages of low salt over high salt. There was a recent review which said that low salt was better for a few things, uh, but there's no conclusive proof on that either. Okay. You, you should still shouldn't exaggerate because. Mm. You know, uh, you don't need that much salt to survive. But the reason why we crave so much salt is an evolutionary reason because we need it. Um, yeah, but an another point to uh, I guess the paleo diet was um, that they say that you know evolution has uh, has stopped before agriculture, right? Okay, so our evolution hasn't caught up with our diet so far, which is not true. E evolution uh, does not work necessarily on long time scale. Sometimes, sometimes it does, but evolution can work in a matter of years or hundreds of years. Uh, say for example, uh, there's a, there are butterflies, I can't remember the actual scientific name of them, in the north of England. Right, during the Industrial Revolution, uh, there was lots of soot, because they used lots of coal in the furnaces. Oh, yeah. And these, these butterflies used to be white, and now they're all black. And that's evolution, because <laughs> all of the white... they got dirty. <laughs> No, because some genetic, some individuals of the, of the species, because of genetic, you know, mutation and stuff, they were black, and those were the only ones who survived because they used to hang out on the tree trunks. And before, when they were white, they were mammatized. You know, they were uh, you couldn't see them. They were safe. But after all the all the trees became black of suit, then all the white ones were pretty easy to spot by predators. And so now you have uh, an evolutionary bottleneck, which caused uh, those butterflies to be black. So that's evolutionary work in the space of you know hundreds of years, and in the human terms, uh, we actually have some proof that evolution has happened. Like, what is that with um, dairy products? And... Exactly. So there's there's a gene which is not present uh, before uh, ten thousand years ago, which is the the ability to digest milk, which is still not common to all humans. Like for example, um, Asians have very uh, very very intolerant. Lactose because it's not usually part of the traditional diet. No. Okay, but humans can digest it, so that's that's an evolutionary step forward, which was not there before. Uh, yeah, but uh, the paleo diet is uh, if you're going to go on a diet, you should you shouldn't look at what people are trying to sell you because uh, they always try to sell you something new and someone's making money off of it. Well, it, it's not so much making money off of it. Is this a you know now? You mean you're really into weightlifting, right? Um, yeah. Okay. And right now, the fitness community is really into the paleo diet. You do get a lot of these people, yeah, that do. And ten years ago, the Atkins diet was all the rage, which I, I can see the link. People like to eat bacon. That's <laughs> I think that's the link between the two. Uh, but yeah, and then it will, it will go away in a few years, and everyone will go like, oh, no, this this is the new thing is you know whatever intermittent fasting or the next fat diet because people the two would rather day diet, yeah. people would rather buy a book. And put in the effort to read the book, than actually put in the effort to go on a diet. Uh, it's much easier to you know uh, to try silly things than actually working at it. I think. I don't know. People are 
they're always looking for the sort of quick, quick, easy fix that, okay, if they... Which, which is not if, necessarily wrong, but... If if they abide by by these rules, um, um, it's going to be the uh, the problem to all the... Sorry, it's going to be the answer to all their problems. And, uh, 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 and if they can... Find, um, I mean, if there's an ideal... Um, uh, set of food you can eat to kind of maximize whether you're you're weightlifting or you're running and stuff. That is what uh, uh, the fitness community will go for. I think it's more of uh, also a question of uh, blame, right? It's much easier for me to say, oh, it's not because I was you know uh, not being disciplined and eating tubs upon tubs of Ben and Jerry's or you know hamburgers or whatever it's because i was eating the wrong things and no one told me about it so it's not my it's not my fault it's not my responsibility it is because culture has told us to eat the wrong things which you know uh, it's not true because if you look at the people who actually live longest in the, in the world the people who eat uh, mostly uh, carbohydrates like the mediterranean diet the japanese for example eat mostly rice uh, so if you want to look at Recent examples, it's not uh, true that I'm a lot of carbohydrates and I'm a lot of fats as well. Uh, well, it depends. Healthy fats, yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually. Healthy, quote unquote, yeah, like monounsaturated fats, yeah, like olive oil. So you oil. get uh, I'm a lot of your o- o- omega threes and your omega sixes and in, yeah, in your diet. That too, from from fish and other things like that, but uh, olives. Olives, yeah, which also olives, they do not exist like that in the wild. Oh, yeah, that's... Fleshy olives. Yeah, that's another thing that uh, the paleo diet... Olive oil is the only oil you should use in the paleo diet. Yeah. But, of course, if you're a Paleolithic man, you you do not have uh, the means to squeeze oil out of olives. Uh, I mean, not from the olives that used to exist back in... Well, not from the new ones. They wouldn't have had the tools. They didn't have tools. Well, first you would have to hunt in the wild... um, Picking a lot of these very small olives that contain very little oil, yeah, and, and which are not, you know, in a in an olive uh, plantation yeah. because they're they're all over the place. There isn't, you know, yes. Yeah, so you have to actually areas find where them. just olives. So you have to go and find them, and then you need to press build them. the huge stone stone tools you need to actually press the oil, mm. which uh, you know it took humans quite a long time to develop those tools. Uh, to crush the olives and extract the oil. So of course, olive oil is not would not be part of a all Paleolithic diet. It's not part of the Paleolithic historical diet, yeah, historical but diet, it's yeah. part of the modern Paleolithic diet. Quote unquote, which has actually, it's been around for quite a long time now. Uh, the first Paleo quote unquote diet, uh, it was uh, proposed in the 70s, which I think was a, it was an expansion of like the elimination diet, which you eliminate things from your diet, like, you know, lactose or gluten or other bad things. I mean, you know, who defines what is bad? What isn't bad? Ho- ho- hopefully, cheesecake's not on that list. Well, uh, things are bad. Uh, well, it has sugar and lactose and gluten, so it's probably you're, you're dying, Salma. Yeah, oh, it's, it's killing you. Okay. But of course, as we were saying, whenever there's a there's a product to sell, uh, there are always people who find a way to uh, to convince people. Uh, take another thing which was very popular, which is still popular. Uh, now, I mean, last year uh, you, uh, you can buy like in supermarkets uh, chocolate milk with extra antioxidants. What are these antioxidants? You and, and the Daily Mail was like, "Oh, now you can have chocolate milk, and it's good for you too." <laughs> uh, to explain an- antioxidants, we should talk about first of all free radicals, which are uh, you know bits of molecules, ions, which are you know they come from acids and other things, and they are very uh, uh, good at uh, attacking things, you know. And for example, if you have your in your your white blood cells, uh, phagocytes, I think they're the ones that you know they they surround, uh, you know, uh, things they want to attack, uh, intruders in your body, and then they blast them with free radicals, and they kill them, with free radicals. Okay. Um, so they're like antibodies. Well, no, they're just they're just ions. Okay. And um, what? Oxidizing, you know, an, uh, antioxidants does is that these ions oxidize uh, particles, right? The, and what the antioxidants do is stop them. But that's it. That's all antioxidants do. They don't have any particular uh, effect. That it's a bit like someone took the the whole, you know, biochem human biochemistry book, opened it up, and said, oh, you know, and looked at all of these 
chemical like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages of metabolic chemical equations and other chemical equations and said oh antioxidants appear a lot therefore we should have more of them but of course you know all these e uh, chemical equations they're all linked to each other so it's not you, you can pick one out of the, of the hundreds and thousands and just say oh that's what we need more of but uh, people you know people sell you antioxidant pills you, you can buy cheese with extra antioxidants you can buy anything with extra antioxidants. You can buy fruitella, like the, the the gum, the 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 candy. But is there any evidence that these antioxidants are actually doing something? Not yes, really? they are actually quite harmful in uh, okay. in, in high quantities. Uh, there's much, there's more more and more evidence every year of antioxidants, of excess antioxidants, like any, excess of anything really, anything in excess is bad for you. Uh, are much more likely to cause you cancer and to kill you than to save you from cancer. We talked about before the whole. Uh, beta carotene thing which is an antioxidant uh, you know vitamin C and things like that and they did the study and you know they had to stop it because uh, people who were taking uh, beta carotene were getting cancer at a much faster rate than people who weren't getting supplements of antioxidants and they were also like the rate of death of people who did get cancer was higher than the people who didn't take antioxidants okay uh, which is cause but Whenever something like this comes out, which is frequently because there's mounting evidence for this, uh, you know, the, the PR machine comes into gear. To scientific media. Well, alternative medicine, like all the stuff, all these supplements, it's like a $50 billion a year industry. So they have the money to fund these campaigns. What do you mean, all, uh, alternative medicine? Well, you know, like supplements, not, you know, okay. not medicines you buy in a, in a pharmacy. All right, yeah, well, the supplement industry. Supplement industry, yeah. No, that uh, want to sell you um, what do you call it um, weight tablets and uh, yeah things like that yeah and, so and weight loss tablets or you know uh, vitamin pills which again vitamins like you can die from excess vitamins quite yeah quickly uh, like for example uh, carnivores they uh, they synthesize their own vitamins because they don't eat them but well, not all of them some of them of course are stored in fat but like vitamin C vitamin A that's why and, that's why they don't need to eat plants right yeah. Well, because yeah, exactly. They 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 don't they don't have to eat plants because they produce their own vitamins, not some of their own, own vitamins. And if you eat the liver of uh, a carnivore, you die. Because the liver of uh, of a carnivore has huge amounts of vitamin A, and if you eat uh, this liver, then you, you your your own liver cannot store that much vitamin A. It goes into your blood. You into you get something which is called hypervitaminosis A, and you die in like a day quite a painful death as well they start going blind and getting crazy and like wow. the the I wonder who had to find that out uh, it was actually the, the uh, I think one of the first examples was the, the polar exhibition, uh, exhibition expedition okay. I can't remember which one it was the one which failed miserably uh, I think it was a British guy and they killed a polar Scott. bear it could be I think it's, it was Scott yeah and they killed a polar bear and then they ate the liver and they all died okay because they got poisoned because they didn't know that you could not eat carnivore liver which is not something you usually eat you know eat you don't eat much carnivore meat for this reason is that you you know you uh, too much vitamins which is kind of kind of interesting you, you would think there are more vitamins in the in fruits and stuff but they're actually more in carnivore meat yeah it's weird um what was I saying yeah the antioxidant uh, industry and I remember reading a quote from um uh was an executive of uh, Philip Morris or some other tobacco company in the 70s uh, you know this was at the time where they were trying to link and they successfully linked uh, lung cancer with uh, smoking. Like ninety-five percent of lung cancer is caused by smoking. Who was Philip Morris? I don't know. Who was the guy behind the company? The company named Philip Morris Cigarettes. No, I don't know. Nope. It's like Marlboro or. All oh, right. Yeah, it's a company. Philip okay. Morris. They're, I think the biggest cigarette company. <laughs> you don't know. Well, you don't smoke. I so don't smoke. I no. don't smoke either. And he said, "What we sell is not cigarettes. What we sell is doubt." Right. It doesn't matter if the evidence is there. What we do is we have to create doubt that these results are valid. So each time there's a new study which comes out, which you know proves quite conclusively that either this thing is useless or it's actually bad for you, uh, all they have to do is like, yeah, but you know, science is weird. That people don't actually know these things. And look, here's a study about Jessica Alba's wiggle, and that's you know, they discredit science in, by injecting doubt, which is you know a shame. Going back to the paleo diet, which is what we started almost half an hour ago now, um, 
obviously people do it because it does work on some level right it might be quite hard to follow it might not be scientifically you know, you know well like, the, like Atkin- the, the explanation behind it is not yeah. scientific i will like the atkins diet it wouldn't be so popular if people didn't get results from it I'm pretty sure most people don't anyway because diets uh, most people fail diets I think it's like something like 5-10% of people who go on a diet actually do it for more than a month or more than a couple of months okay uh, but yeah of course the whole point is that if you're eating less if you're eating you know, whole foods and if you're not eating you know lots of processed foods which are very um, calorie dense then if you you know it all goes back to thermodynamics if <clears throat> your body is if you if you draw a control volume around your body, right? <laughs> uh, someone's laughing. Uh, you know, if you if you consider your body as uh, you know the surfaces of flows of energy going through, the energy which you put into your body minus the energy you use in your body is the energy either accumulated or burned away. So if you eat more than you burn, then you will get fat. It's just it's just the first law of thermodynamics. And if this is not true for you, you either you are counting your calories wrong. You have a very weird metabolism, which is unlikely because metabolism does vary between people, but it doesn't vary that much between people. Uh, so you're either measuring it wrong, or you're not doing enough exercise, or there's some other reason, or maybe you you know you don't want to believe it for some reason. But if you were to break the first law of thermodynamics, uh, you could get a Nobel Prize. So if you if that works for you, you should uh, you should you know send him a letter saying, hey, I broke the first law of thermodynamics. There's a well, whole new branch of physics well, there's waiting a to happen it, in my body. Well, what is the reason why it's called a law? So good luck. Yeah, uh, if I mean, maybe you can break it. You know, maybe humans have evolved ways of breaking physics. <laughs> also, you know, by digesting stuff. Uh, but I, I doubt it. So I guess um, to wrap up, uh, I'm not a big fan of uh, fad diets anyway. Um, I'm not big fan of diets. Yeah, of. Um, I think it's more important that you, uh, uh, or that you have um, a lifestyle change. Exactly. Uh, I mean, th- I mean the type of foods that you eat as a whole, and and kind of, um, I don't think there's much point in, in uh, restricting your, uh, your diet to only certain kinds of food. Uh, having um, variety is quite important to get all the different nutrients, um, uh, or that your body needs. Yeah. Well. We don't really know like what the impact is of processed food on on the human digestive system and your health because there hasn't been that many studies on it. But what we do know is that uh, if you're fat, you have a much higher chance of getting diabetes. You have a chance of having heart disease. Well, um, well, we heard um, before that uh, that 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 nowadays uh, the modern human diet, um, it, I mean, it doesn't matter what what uh, product you buy. Be it um, sort of bread, mayonnaise, or uh, coffee creamer stuff. It, it's, yeah, all, it's all made from like yeah. Well, they things. all come from the same free, free basic in- ingredients. Um, corn, corn uh, soy. Uh, yeah, about soy and um, I mean wheat. Yeah. And so and so these these three things basically constitute the vast majority of our diets nowadays and. Um, so and, you should, you should try and to I think that might be more dangerous. Eat, eat different things. Eat some kale. Yeah, go get some uh, uh, quinoa or quinoa, whatever it's called. Oh, quinoa. That's not the right way to pronounce it. I don't know. It's but that's quinoa. That's I how I. It's a, it's a South American thing. It's it's quite nice. They uh, call it a superfood. Try to eat oh, that's marketing, whatever that marketing, means. Marketing yeah. Just eat other types of grains. Uh, eat uh, nuts. Uh, little nuts. Uh, and uh, you know, and eat, more, <laughs> eat more fruit, eat more vegetables, and try to vary your diet. Don't always eat the same things. Like, there's nothing wrong with eating a hamburger, but just you know, if you have a hamburger three times a day, then you're you're probably we don't know you're probably gonna you're you know not be fat, but you're the amount not of corn syrup and stuff that goes into those. Oh, yeah, and and uh, we've talked about this before, but we are against uh, sodas and uh, fizzy drinks, uh, especially sugary ones because they uh, they're just empty calories uh, there was a there was a funny example in the in the, in the TED talk what do you mean by empty calories uh, it just means that uh, uh, empty calories is, is a silly concept calories are just calories it's, it's a measure of energy it, yeah empty calories are definition is that you know the things that 
have calories, but you don't really feel as having calories. Okay, yeah. So, so you example, can be eating something and actually consuming a lot more our calories than well, you think. Say, you know, uh, your typical uh, can of uh, soft drink, so Coke, right? I think it's about 150, 180 calories per can, which okay. is about a third of a litre. If you were to eat that in lettuce, or if you were to eat that in even in, in rice, you, you would feel it, right? Like, you know, it would be like uh, 30, 40 grams of heavy. rice. It would be half a, place of, half a bit of rice or, or it would be like or a, lot of meat a few kilos of lettuce. Uh, and it would be the same amount of calories, but you would obviously feel it because you're eating a bunch of stuff. But if you're drinking a Coke, it's really easy to just drink it and your body does not realise. Because the sugar is so dense, I mean, calories. I mean, so, I mean, it's got so, uh, I mean, it has a high energy content. Yeah, because if you, if you were to talk about evolutionary stuff, it's that, you know, eat, this stuff is quite recent, I think, 100 years, 20 years of sugary drinks. Uh, so your body does not know that there's that much calories in essentially what is water. It just treats it as, as water. Even things like juice, and not necessarily things that we would have eaten a long time ago yeah. because you'd left to press the fruit, etc. And that's got other implications that, that, that over, over the years, uh, the human body naturally... Um, um, it developed uh, mechanisms um, that would I would tell it when it's full, um, and I mean if it's hungry. But 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 now when we've got um, all these food, processed food, yeah. all this very calorie dense food, yeah, uh, then it's which is, difficult for it to determine. Which is completely new to the human diet. Which is why it's e- you know if you switch to these kind of diets, it's easier to diet because you're much more full. Because you're eating much less calories with the same volume, which of might food. be why it works for some people. Yeah, it might be why it works for some people. Like, uh, just to know, get it, it, oh, we're not saying that this doesn't work. We're it, just saying it, that the basis of it is not scientific. Yeah. So if if you wanna uh, diet, you should you should reduce the amount of calories you eat, and there are many different ways but, to do that. Okay. If if you want to lose weight, yes. you should reduce the calories. <laughs> if you want to eat healthy, you should eat. As many things as you can. Yeah. Well, not as many things as you can. As many, as much variety nowadays of things as possible. On the contrary, my diet nowadays, for example, I've been trying to maximize the number of the calories I can eat in a day. Because you're quote unquote bulking, right? Well, I'm just trying to get stronger. And you need uh, obviously you need ex- excess calories to build muscle, especially for someone who's lean. Like in, in my case, I don't need to eat that much to build muscle because I can, I can use the you know mm. the calories that are already existent well the store of energy yeah the have. store of energy the very large store of energy uh, again our thermodynamics you've got that energy yeah. pool I read this week uh, uh, an article by um, John Ronson I don't know if you know him he's a, no. he's a journalist um, and it was about uh, hackers because there was uh, this uh, one guy uh, hackers or crackers no hacker. Okay. Uh, uh, called his uh, I remember his, his hacker name was Weez. I can't remember his name is Andrew Andrew Ornhermeyer. Ornhermeyer, whatever. I don't, I, I, I can't pronounce okay, it. Weez. Weez. And uh, he's been sentenced to prison for like three years over hacking, hacking, quote unquote. And what he did was uh, well, AT&T, the the big uh, telephone company in the USA, they actually left a bunch of. Uh, Database is basically open on the website if you if you could know the the uh, you know the address. And basically, what he did with his friend, uh, he he built this uh, script to basically scrape through all the uh, all the all the addresses. So it's so was a web scraping our algorithm and uh... yeah, which is you know it's it's actually illegal. It is not something like oh no, they were publicly available. But if you scrape a web address yeah, a website, then you know those are not public. Because you have to scrape for them, but anyway, and he was obviously he was very unrepentant. He was saying that oh, you should apologize to me for, for this <laughs> stuff. But you know he was these and and I started reading about all these people. Like there was the 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 guy who confounded Reddit who killed himself a while ago. Uh, Aaron, Did he? Aaron, yeah, Aaron Schwartz. 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 Well, there's no there's no S. It's just S W A R T Z. Schwartz. Schwartz. Anyway, he uh, he killed himself because he was being prosecuted for. Um, uh, trying to download uh, a bunch of uh, JSTOR, JSTOR, whatever you know, the uh, peer review paper database thing, from on his laptop from MIT, I think, and they didn't want to press charges, and but the prosecutors went ahead anyway, and he was, you know, he was being investigated, 
he points out and he killed himself. But it was then you go into all this world of all these uh, hackers and all these uh, trolls online. Like the guy who was uh, sentenced, uh, Weave. Uh, he. Um, what are trolls? For people. Well, trolls are people who um, rile up other people. That's the whole point of trolling. It's just making someone angry. And this guy was just you know, for amusement, or yeah, you know, four uh, chan uh, on the slash b slash uh, board. They they did crazy things. They uh, you know, like this guy we's, he we've he um, he sent you know like uh, letters to people telling that you should, they should kill themselves, or like at some point there was a a fourteen year old girl who killed herself uh, because she was. Uh, um, the mother of a, of a friend of hers, she impersonated a, a guy on Facebook, or I mean, it was MySpace because it's quite a while ago, and she pretended uh, to be this guy and to, you know to exchange romantic messages and stuff. And then at some point, you know, uh, she slash he turned on her, and then she killed herself. Killed herself. Yeah, and then one of these uh, trolls slash hacker guys, they made a fake blog uh, you know, continuing this stuff and then pretended that this blog was actually written by the mother of the girl who you know was reading, reading stuff it's just horrible you know it's it, yeah but the, you know if people shouldn't fall for it if people fall for it it's their fault it's not it's not a very good reason people to, get a to license an, to an do idiot. this stuff because they're anonymous yeah right? online because they no one knows your name so you can do whatever you want and it's just these cynical depressed middle class white teenagers who just you know it could be anybody well, it could be anyone but it's mostly these guys who are just like there's all this cynicism like oh the world is sucks anyway so I'm just gonna you know make it worse because it doesn't matter anyway it's just horrible uh, I don't know it's just, I, I don't really get it like I, I was never into the, the whole you know, internet culture like all of that stuff the finding out who people are and sending them letters about like this was a while ago on 4chan this ages ago 4chan guys were funny though they're occasionally funny but you know someone uh, I think some guy killed himself and then they were just like uh, calling his parents house after he killed himself and just like saying obscenities about their son to them uh, like yeah. thousands okay of people, like, that is taking it too far like and the phone was just like ringing and stuff like, like hundreds of letters of people just saying awful things that to goes them. past the point and of our decency these, these parents have just lost their son and you for for the lulls you're sending them you know this stuff or calling them up in the middle of the night and swearing at them it's just why like why can you not be a nice person cheap laughs it's just horrible. There are much better ways to, to you know, to have fun than to ruin someone else's life. What do you think, Summer? Well, there's not really much I can add to that. Um, it's funny sometimes people making making jokes about other people on some on some like um, on the forums, and it's funny to see uh, the banter between two people. But um, like, like people who get angry over uh, silly things, right? Yeah. You know, like but to the people point who are ov- overly sensitive about silly things, yeah, I I kind of understand. I still wouldn't do it myself. I feel like I'm a bit above that. I don't know if that's a bit too. Uh, anyway, but like, but the point where people start killing themselves and you start abusing their families—that's taking it a step too far. And and I, and I'm not sure how much this actually does happen because. I you'd like to think that people aren't generally like that, but it's just and and you know you know um, that's the old phrase which is overused. But give a man a mask, and he will show you his true face, right? And when someone is anonymous, then they will show what they really think. You know, so you might know someone that you know is a closet uh, nutty lover, and the moment you know he he's anonymous, then he's gonna be like the vilest person ever but you know if if you know who he is then if he's not anonymous then he's not he's gonna be nice which is too bad really uh, but I, I, I tend to think that this is a I hope this is a small subset of the population or it's just you know kids a who fact. then grow out of it hopefully because the thought of 
these people then going one day you know to run the countries that we live in that's kind of terrifying but hopefully you know the PC will grow up or you know, they, they never get there get, yeah they won't get as far I never know. Uh, I think it was um, Kurt Vonnegut who said that you, you, there's nothing more terrifying than realizing that your high school uh, class is running the country. <laughs> you know, because all people at the end of the day they're all they're all winging it. No one really knows what they're doing. Even the people who are in power, they're just you know they're the guy who sat next to you and was kind of weird. You know, maybe in ten years time he'll be you know head of the council where you are or something. Yes unlikely it, it could ha- well, it could I didn't go to Eton so well you know but you know but you, maybe yeah sure uh, maybe it's a class thing but it's scary yeah but I, I, I tend to be optimistic that's my my point of view so hopefully uh, these people learn and grow up and become useful citizens to society become humans yeah and linking to all of this talk about you know these uh, online anarchists and trolls and all that stuff uh, we were talking about it before. Are we going to get to guns? You were talking about guns. Yes. Yes, guns. <laughs> My favourite uh, subject. Uh, as an anecdote, I was. Uh, I remember I was waiting for the train um, in my hometown, which used to be close to a, a US military base. They used to have uh, big ships. In Italy? Yeah, there's loads of military bases, US military bases in Italy. And it used to be full of soldiers, uh, but not, not, not anymore. But I remember watching, there were these guys waiting for the train as well in my hometown, and they were like, you know, massive and you know big uh huge muscles and like buzz cut and like these guys are military people and like yeah. and they, like one one guy took out a magazine and it was like guns <laughs> it was like a huge like uh, you know those uh those guns that are at the bottom of uh of the warthog planes like the massive uh you know 5000 rounds a, a minute guns it was kind of funny it was but you know, for Americans and also for American yeah, listeners, it's, it's the pro- American constitution. It's probably right not. It's probably not to uh, bear arms. unusual. Uh, but obviously, to us, I've I've seen guns like on police officers. They look scary. But I don't think I've ever seen uh, a civilian holding a gun. Like I've never been hunting or shoot shooting range. So it's not. You know, there are no gun shops. Yeah. Okay. In, in this country, yeah. Like in England, this is in the UK or even in Italy. This is not really, uh, not really common to have guns. But what would I've seen gunpoint robberies, but that's another. You have really, yeah. Okay, but you you live in a bad part of town there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's still very unlikely you you get guns yeah. in the UK. I mean, I think there there are forty murders a year by by guns, or even I think maybe it's deaths per year. Not even murders. in the UK. Yeah, there are eleven thousand murders in the USA. Yeah. Uh, 11,000 <laughs> by guns uh, so that's uh, more was, more per day than we get here well it's a, it's a smaller country but uh, per it's year. five times more than uh, six times more than the, five six times more than the USA so you would you know it's much much more murders in the USA than here just murders and also obviously yeah. murders by guns and of course um, the answer to uh, gun problems is to make them more accessible for everybody yeah so there's this guy who describes himself as um is a uh, crypto anarchist. I was being sarcastic, by the way. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, whatever that means, and he's like, "Oh, uh, there are lots of people in lots of countries who cannot wait to get their hands on guns because guns preserve freedom." With which, I, I don't. <laughs> European thinking does not go in that direction. Like usually, we think that less guns is better for freedom because. Sure, you have the freedom to fight off the police if you want, or you know, stage uh, a militia to you know to preserve your freedom. But I also would like the freedom to not be shot, which is also quite important to me. It's nice that you know people on the street don't have guns. And you want to go to school and not have to wear uh, um, a bulletproof vest. Yeah, you remember reading an article? Uh, they they were selling like uh, uh, whiteboards. It's crazy. They were actually like. You know, bulletproof shields disguised it with whiteboards, and they were training teachers to use them. It's just the the, the probability of uh, of being shot in a school in the USA is still quite small. Of course, it happened here in the UK a while back, uh, a couple of decades. Uh, the Dunblane massacre. Yeah, I remember that. And then afterwards, it was, gun... a, hun- it was a hunting rifle, wasn't it? Yeah, but then after that, gun control in the UK was that was the point where they, they it really was really tightened. Yeah. Really if, if, I was looking at the statistics and uh, 
in terms of uh, school shootings, if you go and look at the list of school shootings in Europe, there's like 11 in the last 100 years. And most of them are in Germany. Like two in Finland, two in Germany. Finland, of course. Uh. There's only been two in Finland, though. Only, it was like two of them were in Europe, but that's it. Looks like quite a few of them in Germany, like seven. Uh, and uh, not in Italy. In France, in France, there was the one where there was the Muslim extremist who killed some children in, uh, in, in, in a Jewish school. Oh, just to recently, to yeah. Where I used to live. Quite a bit about 3D printing before. We've yeah, talked yeah, quite a bit about 3D printed ago. guns before, and but, uh, but last time we last time we mentioned that yeah, only like only the, like the the part the part that will always all gun the gun made by printing printing, and now we now we made the whole the whole gun. So you can make a whole gun just for 3D printing. Metal metal. Metal striker bullet. I guess. We don't really know. We don't really know actually. You know if how good how good is the gun the gun, but it works. There's a video online of it shooting. And I mean, if it can shoot one bullet straight, then that's dangerous enough. Yeah, yeah and if you get, to get uh, guns in the hands of people who cannot have not have them, <laughs> which is <laughs> interesting, or like, you know, uh, like, uh, people in Syria, Syria or, or people fighting, they've like, got guns, they've got guns, they've got guns, like the people who are in North Korea, have a, you know, people, 3D printing guns and guns in North Korea, so they can topple them with it. But of course, you know, I, I, I personally, I personally um, guess I'm using end to end. Practically everyone, everyone in the UK, UK thinks it's a bad idea to have guns. And of course, uh, once, once these become available, available then, then you can print them off. It's going to be very difficult. And then the design can be modified, of course, because it'll be it's it's an open source of design. But actually, actually what this might do might actually make it worse for 3D printing. printing. They're going to clamp down well, on, on, on 3D printers like, it, it, and, and their use. I was, I was the government, right? I don't like draconian government measures. Yeah, you wouldn't sell 3D printers to anybody, would you? Then? But if I was the government and people were complaining that you can print guns, I'd say, well, maybe we should just ban 3D printers. Which is a shame, because they're, they're, they're the future. It's a good technology, It's a good yeah. technology, and it would be a shame if one guy thinks that you know, guns are a good thing, then you know, governments are going to be very restrictive in who can own 3D printers. Which is too bad. So, so my plan is to save uh, is is to get um, a three D printer a, a, as soon as possible. And then what, sell it and on the black market in ten years' time. No, then I have the access to the only three D printer in the like before they. Uh, I mean, before they come yeah. down. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. So I control the whole gun trade in um, in London. Sorry, the whole three D printed gun trade. And now you're now even you're more lists, Salman. <laughs> Congratulations, you're now on uh, on the Interpol list for gun criminals. When do you usually wake up in the morning, Salman? What's your what's your biological clock like? Because for me, it's uh, you know I, I if I don't control myself, like if I don't make you know put an alarm and make myself wake up, I'll easily wake up at 12 in the morning and go to bed at like 2 or 3 in the, in the evening in the, my in the morning to, well to be honest my sleep patterns can be quite erratic um, uh, if I have to wake up early I I easily can I don't tend to sleep early nowadays but um, uh, that that is subject to change soon uh, you're going to start working soon unfortunately <laughs> and um uh yeah i guess uh, uh i'm i'm still i'm still living by the hours of a student i guess yeah i, I mean i i have the problem that if i wake up earlier than i should like i don't get my 7 8 hours of sleep like the rest of my day will be i will maybe i will not be able to function okay but, you know when, you know when you don't get sleep you start getting you know your your mouth gets really dry you have a really bad headache and i, I get all of those i can function without much sleep. I mean, I've I've spent like 
I've done quite important things recently without much sleep at all, like interviews and stuff. But uh, really, yeah. Why? Because I, I've had to wake up very early to go. Mm. But you were used to your my old sleep, old, so I've yeah, gone yeah. on about three hours of sleep, and uh, and I mean, I I can typically function quite well without it, but um, uh, but I'm just like anyone else. I do like my sleep, and uh, I and I've gone through days when um when I've not seen daylight at all. What do you mean? I mean, okay, this is during winter months, of course, because it'd be very hard though during oh, so the summer. Oh, so you just basically go to sleep when it's dark and wake and wake up when it's and dark. And I've and I've yeah, and I've woken up past four o'clock when it gets dark here in the winter. Yeah, I've, never, I've never done that. That's, that's, and and um, it's really pushing it. I mean, that's an extreme, but the problem I have with that is usually when I wake up late is that uh, the rest of the world functions on a different schedule. Like here in London, it's not so bad because you know shops are open till late. But if you're in a small British town and everything goes at four in the afternoon, you're a bit screwed. Yeah. There's nothing, there's, you can't do anything. There's nothing you can do because by the time you wake up and you want to have breakfast, people are you know all going to sleep. Uh, but it seems to be that um, you know students get really, especially kids, they get really annoyed because they want to sleep late and wake up early. And it seems to be to be that you know old people have the opposite problem that they wake up too early. They wake up in the morning like oh I'm it's five in the morning I'm, I'm already up. What do I do? Uh, and uh, you know, and people say, "Oh, it's just you know, it's just kids being lazy." But recent stuff has shown that you know, uh, actually, starting school later uh, improves uh, performance by kids because they get an hour more sleep. You you're reading the the study right now. What does it say? Well, um, uh, all of this sleep talk uh, is um, is in reaction to this. To a study conducted by by Mary Karskaden at Brown University in uh, in in America, of course, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, and what they and uh, and what she was trying to point out that is there might be some science behind the reason why teenagers and um, and adolescents, I mean, in general tend to wake up later um, and sleep well, later they tend to like to wake up later and huh? sleep. they tend to like doing that or like yeah they do it, if you if you let them go that's what they'll do like if you don't give them time yeah table, like in the summer or and um and then and and then this has been used by some academics to say that that perhaps it's better to start lessons later in that case so then these teenagers would actually perform better at school if they got the extra sleep what time did you start school when you were when you were a kid? Um, eight thirty. Because mine used to start quarter to eight. Quarter to eight. Yeah. Wow. Uh, which meant that you know, I would obviously I was I was going to bed early because uh, you have to. Like I, it was inconceivable to go to bed after eleven in the evening because if you have to wake up at you know six thirty to go to school. Uh, but I remember like the morning like it was just it was, you know three, three and a half hours or no four and a half hours from when you go to. School enter school when lunch starts it was just every day like the longest four and a half hours ever because I would go in and I would be completely asleep and like the first few periods just fighting to keep awake and I'm sure that if school started at 10 it would have been I would have been much happier to go to school uh, later than uh, quarter to eight yeah this study pretty much um, uh, it says that that, that that the average time you tend to wake up um, gets later in the day the older you get up until around 19 to 20 years old so the age they actually put was was a, was a 19.5 years old in women and 21 year old in men um, so it's saying that um, and this is a study conducted worldwide Okay, so it's not just uh, so it's not just US or more UK or like you know Western uh, European teens, um, but it's, it's, it's across all. Yeah, uh, so it's, I, it's, I was showing so that it's not a cultural thing. It's just no. a, it's a biological. Yeah, and um, and then and then at that age, it I mean it reverses where we start to wake up earlier after that. Yeah, and then um, and then it's around 50 to 55 years old where we actually revert back to the same times 
um, we would normally wake up before puberty so when we were a kid so i mean personally when o'clock. i was a kid i would remember waking up very early um, on weekends even when i didn't have to so basically like just the, to watch cartoons the, the, the time that the organic clock gets really like slow we can late in the morning very quickly in like you know seven seven eight years and then it takes about 35 years to get back to where it was yeah. before so the decline is much slower yeah and i guess after 55 then you, you start you know waking up even earlier and... i mean so it's not clear yet whether this is a biological thing whether it's just uh um, a biological thing because we know that that your sleeping patterns are all affected by your um uh, by your your hom- sorry uh by your hormonal levels and um or, or if it's just or if it's also due to um you know uh the prevalence of TVs and um I mean computers I mean, nowadays that that also could be a factor and because I, I I was reading you know um as the you know the western thing is you you have to sleep 8 hours right that's the the, the yeah personal time but in fact before candlelight and before um you know light and TV and you can be when you you can stay up late because it's light uh people used to have much different sleep patterns uh, people used to have used to sleep twice they used to sleep about three four hours then you'd have a nap in the afternoon right well no you, you would go to bed when you know when the sun goes down or you know, when you're getting tired you do about three four hours of sleep you wake up for like an hour you have something to eat you know if your wife is next to you you do other things and then you go back to sleep for another four hours okay so it wasn't like a, a whole complete period of eight hours in one go it's a modern construct we don't actually know uh, like what is the right way to sleep. I guess an experiment would be to you know get a bunch of people and put them in the wild and see <laughs> and recreate the hunter gatherer lifestyle and see how they survive and go but back of to course that's not paleo ways. Yes, exactly. That's not really possible, now, is it? Because because if you know, yeah, I was reading that uh, even though the candle like the candles you used to get in like the 18th century and stuff, they were very very inefficient like the light they produced was much less than the candles you get today much much less and people used to have like a candle in the middle of a table at home and everyone used to be around it but people still tried to people still went to bed late they didn't go to bed you know when with the chickens they didn't go to bed you know, when the sun went down especially in a place like England or, or even like you know Norway or something even higher up where you'd be sleeping most of the day well, like, if, if, if the sun <laughs> goes down like at half past three in the afternoon and it goes back up at like Seven or eight in the morning. Like, of course, you're gonna, you're gonna be awake when it's dark. Cause what are you gonna do? You can't stay awake only eight hours a day. Mm. But yeah, sleeping patterns is, is something that yeah, of course we. Are, it's good that we are investigating it because uh, sleep is quite an important part of being human. Without well, sleep, um, we can't really be human. Well, eh? uh... So, the question is: after all that talk about sleep. Have you ever fallen asleep in a lecture? I have not. I have uh, overslept and missed uh, like days of university, but I've never actually slept in a lecture. It seems a bit silly to go all the way to university in you know, an hour of transport and then fall asleep there when my my bed is is right here. I don't need to wake up. What about you? Oh, sorry, I can't help falling asleep. <laughs> You just fall asleep everywhere. I went to, I went to learn, but, uh, but when I, but if I'm in the environment and and the light dims, I just I'm gonna fall asleep. Wasn't there? Um, uh, there's always like the the lecturer which you have in the morning as well, which is always uh, has the most monotone voice ever. And he's always talking about the thermodynamics and a bit of this monotone here. And then we're going to talk about how the turbine is. It's just ah, uh, like when you have like exciting lectures, get really excited about the subject that they're talking about. It's it's much harder, obviously, to to feel sleepy. But uh, some lecturers just just ask for it. They should be a bit more excited when talking about the stuff. There was a guy. I remember he took a pillow two lectures <laughs> okay and, and he pushed down like four or five seats in a row and just lied down and slept which if it's a afternoon lecture and you're very tired maybe uh, yeah okay 
But if it's a morning lecture, just like stay at home. Eight o'clock in the morning, just stay at home. Like your bed is right there, your pillow is right there. You don't need to take it all the way to university. But I guess some people, people are weird at university. People just go crazy, and especially in engineering. People are weird. We are so. I think that will do it uh, for us this week. Uh, thanks, Salman, for being alive and talking into a microphone. Not sleeping. Not sleeping. And thank you guys for listening. Check out our blog. Lots of interesting articles in there. PyCube.co.uk. Another interesting stuff. Lots of stuff that we find interesting. Yeah. Uh, check it out. Thanks for listening. See you guys next week. <laughs>